0: Good to have all of you here this this morning um, as we kick off the new year. Just a couple of announcements real quick. Just know that uh, uh, we'll be kind of doing some open messages here for the next couple of weeks and then we'll probably hit uh, a sermon series in February. So uh, a sermon series, a message series for our uh, um, for our brave hearts and it'll be a lot of fun. So uh, Joshua's going to help me work some of that stuff up and we're going to start unrolling some, some fun stuff out here for men. Today's just another boring message. I'm just kidding. Come on, guys. Loosen up. It's the new year, right? And so uh, as we get started, Proverbs 18, 2, and 3, fools have no interest in understanding. They only want to air their own opinions. If you go to Proverbs 1, 5 through 7, let the wise listen to these Proverbs and become even wiser. Let those with understanding receive guidance by exploring the meaning of these Proverbs and parables, the words of the wise and their riddles. Fear of the Lord is the foundation of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and discipline. Proverbs twelve fifteen: the way of a fool is right in his own eyes, but he that hearkeneth unto counsel is the wise one. So let's praise and let's talk about these scriptures. Father God, I thank you, Lord, that uh, you call us to walk in the path of wisdom. And so, Lord, this morning I pray that as we talk about that path of wisdom, that that would be the outcome for our new year. The, the path that we take, would, we would reach our destination for 2020, which is you. And so, Father, uh, I just pray that you would light our paths this morning into the place of wisdom. In Jesus' name, amen. I grew up anticipating a couple things in my life. One, I hoped that Jesus would come back, or would not come back. Let me say it this way: that I, I had hoped as a child that Jesus would not come back until I got my driver's license. <laughs> and here's why: because I just wanted to drive legal at least one day in my life. Right? Driving to junior high, growing up in Tullia, Texas, was a lot of fun, and uh, and I thought I was cool. And then the other thing in life. Uh, 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 I didn't want, I, I, really, I really wanted Jesus to hold off until I got married too because there were some things I wanted to enjoy as a young man. But life is this way, you know, we, we anticipate these great destinations and we have our, our own viewpoint. We want to lay out our own path and our own pathways, but I just want you to, to hear me. The best thing in life, of course, is learning to walk in wisdom with Jesus Christ. And so when we launch out in a new year, our, our eyes, our thoughts, our perceptions, what we should be leaning towards and look, leaning into of course, is what is our path going to look like in the year of our Lord 2020? And so as men of God, I just want you to know there's basically two paths out there, you know that. Um, We can have a poor path or we can have a good path depending on choices that we make. And we're all products of the choices that we've made. So you made a choice this morning to be here, so hopefully the product's going to be good today. I say this a lot, that if you win your mornings, you what? You win your day. And this is a great follow-up message to what Johnny taught a couple of weeks ago. So here's the thing. When the choices are poor or the path we choose is bad, we can find ourselves asking some questions. In other words, why didn't I see this coming? What happened? How did I wind up here? What did we do? What did I do? How did I ignore the warnings? We ignored the danger signs because of a couple things that we just read about in the book of Proverbs. Now, Proverbs, by the way, is a great book to start your year off in. Because it has a lot to say about wisdom and it has a lot to say about fools. Who wrote the book of Proverbs? Interesting thing about Solomon. Solomon was whose son? David. So what David had the opportunity to do for Solomon is David had the opportunity to lay out all the plans for the temple. Do you remember that? But David, because the the scripture says, actually the Lord says through the scriptures to David, that your hands have shed too much blood. So you will not right build my temple but your son Solomon will however he was instructed to get everything ready and lay out the plans for Solomon Solomon had to be wise in order to build what his father had laid out before him that's a good wise father and that is a lot of wisdom from a son who wants to learn from his father and so we see the, the temple really really come, come to pass through a father-son relationship, and through both of them gaining wisdom, most importantly from the Lord. I mean, it's what Solomon asked for. above everything else, give me wisdom. So as we look at this, here's the thing: that we have destinations, and we have to be careful, even in the year of 2020, because of all the voices and the loudness of what we're going to hear with the elections and all, be careful. Be careful. See, for some, we know what happens when we ignore the danger signs because of pride, stubbornness, perhaps just from being oblivious to the, to the obvious, right? All of a sudden, our lives are complex, and there are looming consequences on the radar str- screen. And what I want to answer today is how do you know the path to take? None of you wants, uh, <laughs> do we have, yeah, we've got a couple of teenagers in here this morning. None of you wants your teen, your teen years to adversely impact your 20s. No one wants to wake up in their 40s and wish they had been on a different path in their 30s. You only get to be in your teens, your 20s, your 30s, your 40s, Wade, once. Okay? Now, I know you just had a birthday. So, there are many stages in life, and there's not any time to waste. The last thing we need to do is to complicate our lives by intending, dreaming, hoping to end up at a different or a specific destination, uh, and then we took a path that led us to a different one, to the wrong one. How do you know what path to take? How do you know that this job is the path you need to take? How do you know that marrying this, this girl is the path you need to take? This woman is the path you, you need to take. They're life-changing paths, and they're not isolated events. So if you get lost driving, look, you waste minutes. But if you get lost in life, you waste years. So there are several ways to figure out which path to take, and I started with Scripture. That's, that's the number one Thing you can give yourself as a gift for 2020 is reading the scriptures daily, because God tends to illuminate our paths right with His Word. And at the end, um, here's the thing: at the end of our lives, there's a scripture that's going to truly ring true, and it's this one: Proverbs 27:12. The prudent, the wise, see danger and they take refuge, but the simple keep going. And they suffer for it. Now, I could give you plenty of examples of me being uh, simple and winding up at destinations that I didn't intend to wind up at. Have you ever run out of money? Has there ever been too much month at the end of the money? Let me ask it that way, right? But you just had to have it. You just, just had to buy it. You just had to get it. You just had to add that payment to your, uh, 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 to, to your bills. And, and what happens is eventually you say, golly, I wish I would have been smarter. It wasn't as grandiose as I thought it was going to be. Prudent is a wise person, and they see, see danger coming, and they find safety is what the Scripture says. A simple person is a naive person, and they see danger. Both have the ability to to see danger, but what's the difference? They keep going. They go till they run into the wall. Two different people. One evaluates everything in the light of the future. They ask this question, in the light of my future, hopes and dreams, what is the prudent or wise thing to do? You know, I, I, I thought here a while back, uh, I, I, I was thinking of just the path of my life, and one of the things that, that I realized and recognized early on when Alice and I got married, uh, I made $1,100 a month. She was a school teacher and was making more money than me, and I was ashamed, embarrassed. I didn't like to talk about it. I was a pastor, and uh, there, was just, uh, there wasn't just there was much money. And, and And as I prayed about it, I thought, this is what we're going to do. We're going to live off her salary, and we're going to put my 1100 a month in the bank, and we're going to save it. That just sounded like the wise thing to do. And one morning I woke up and was in prayer, and the Lord said, no, you're going to live off your salary, and you're going to put hers in in the bank and save that I didn't like that answer I didn't like it at all meant that it was really going to cut back on some some enjoyment in my life that's what we did Two. well it's actually four years later we we have Wade and Wade fell between two insurance policies that the Methodist church had placed on us and neither one of them would pay it he was born on the day so uh he had several complications in the NICU for uh, 11 days and uh Um, that bill was outrageous the the church told me just to stack those bills that they would assign someone to me and they did they assigned someone to me and as as uh, we worked through it I kept stacking the bills stacking the bills both insurances refused to pay and uh, my credit score started going bing 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 I lost all my credit lost everything I was a a young pastor making $1,100 a month and uh I was able to go up to the hospital at BSA and sit down with them and said, what will it take just to pay you guys off? And uh, what they quoted me was twice the amount of money that I had in the bank. And I said, here is all the money we have. Will you take it? And she said, I'll get back with you tomorrow. She called me back and she said, you know what? That's right at half of what you owe, and we're going to take that. And so listening to the Lord And being wise, at least we we may have started over, but at least we were able to pay that bill. See, the prudent will see danger, they'll react, they'll start to make changes. The wise people make a change. The simple they keep going, they keep going into the wall, and, and they just hope that when they get to the wall that it's going to work out. The simple don't believe that they'll, some of them don't believe that they'll ever hit the wall. They think, this won't happen to me. I probably ought to change, but I'm not going to do anything about it. The Bible calls that person simple or naive. As a matter of fact, it goes on, and we just read about it in Proverbs, what? That that person is known as a fool. And none of us want to be considered simple-minded, but many of us are are in certain areas of our life. There's two different results for the same situation. The prudent, you look foolish because prudent people act like then is now. In other words, they're thinking of the future. Have you ever been to a party? Have you ever had a situation where you were really the wise one in the bunch? And what do they do? They try to make you look like the fool. right? Why aren't you drinking? Oh, you, you, you better. Oh, you grew up oh you and you start hearing these accusations i can remember coming back uh from from the army uh one particular weekend and i've shared this story a time or two but just uh going i was in a wedding and and being in that wedding and uh but the friday night before we had the rehearsal after the rehearsal they were all going to a bar and uh it wasn't just any kind of bar it's one where women take their clothes off by the way i've never been to one but i just remember uh Uh, them saying come on Curtis man jump in with us and go with us and the only name that would come to mind the only way out is uh, finally they kept asking why why will not you go come on jump in let's go I finally said Jesus because by that time my heart had been touched by Jesus now if you want to see people run (laughs) just be the wise one in that foolish situation just say that name Uh, boy all of a sudden they scattered like you know flies it was funny But here's the thing, sometimes, you know, you look foolish being the wise person. As you make changes and you make choices for the year of 2020, listen, there are going to be those who say, what is wrong with you? You're young, you're strong, it's time to have fun, you're in the prime of your life, whatever it may be, be careful, because they will attempt to make you look like a fool, even though you are the wise one in the bunch. I mean, even Jesus If you think about Jesus all through the Gospels, what what happens to him? He is challenged mostly not by non believers, not by Gentiles. He's mostly challenged by who? The religious scribes, the Pharisees, and the Sadducees. Those are the ones who would challenge him and try to make him look like a fool. And finally, in Matthew chapter 5, 5 through 7, what does Jesus say? He said, You've heard it said, but I tell you. You've heard it said, but let me tell you, this is who you've heard it from. You've heard it from the religious scribes. You've heard it from the Pharisees and the Sadducees. But I'm going to tell you something different. I'm going to show you a different way to live. And, and these are the ones that would challenge him and would put pressure on him and try to make him look foolish. They always tried to set the trap where he would look like a fool. And instead, who were the fools in the situation? Jesus is our example. The simple, they keep going and they suffer for it. When they suffer for it, sometimes it, it, it interrupts their emotions, right? They become mad. When you travel down the wrong path for a while, there comes a point when all your options are bad. Now, that's important for us to see. If you take that path that has terrible options and you keep going down it, eventually your options become more and more limited, and the only options you have are just a little worse than the ones you had before. In other words, you run out of options. I I say this a lot, but the opportunity of a lifetime only lasts the lifetime of the opportunity. That that hit me years ago, and it's very important, men, for us to hear that. See, sometimes we say, if I could back up for five years, I'd have better options. It's true, but you can't back up. I could have gotten off this path at some point in time in my life. I should have gotten off this path at some point in my life. There comes a point that you've traveled down a path so long that your options don't look very good, and you will suffer for it because they become very limited. This is why there are so many warnings in Scripture about the paths that you take. Why do you suffer? Because you kept going. (laughs) You kept. I've got tomorrow. I've got tomorrow, and eventually tomorrow's run out. So what do we do? well let's get done with this I would say there's basically four actions that we can take and the first one is simply that it's action in this scripture our main scripture this morning the wise the prudent see danger and what do they do they take action they make it a point to change in 2020, uh, you know, here's the neat thing about rolling into a new year. This is when all the resolutions are made. All my kids, including my wife, had to turn in their their uh, goals for the year 2020 this past week. So uh, they're bringing me their goals, and and they 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 give me their their top three goals for the year. Now they can add four and five and six, but I want your top three goals for the year. And as I look at those those three goals, then I have to ask them this question: Now, what action? are you going to take that's going to help these goals become reality in your life? Because if you, obviously, they wouldn't be goals if you had already obtained them, right? So there's got to be some type of action. And this is why the prudent see danger, and they take action. They do something. The, the, the fools, what are they? The simple, the naive, they keep going, and they suffer for it. It's a very, very basic scripture, but there's so much truth in it. You're going to have to do something. Sometimes you don't need to pray about the situation. You need to pray for strength to make the right choice. If you're in there, man, and you're in a situation that's that's tough and you've got all the peer pressure looking at you, and, and look, this isn't just for you men who, who might be going to parties or might have been at New Year's Eve party saying today, man, I wish I wouldn't have gone there. That's the first step, right? But then uh, the other side of that is, is you may be a very successful businessman, and if you are, there are going to be people that, that you are rubbing shoulders with that you know you shouldn't be. They're going to try to influence you. Look, by the time you make it, uh, let me tell you about church business. We're safe here because we're small. But let's say that we were a really, really large church, three, 4,000, huge influence in our community. Did you know that that businessmen who go through business school are told those are the churches you want to join? Do you know why? Because you want people to know that one, you're a Christian, and you want them to you want to make sure that you have position in that church so that you can have influence, not only in that church, but it will help your business practices. That's kind of dangerous, right? To have that that mind. As a matter of fact, I will tell you this: if you have a fish on the building and and and, and and you have your own business, I may not come see you. <laughs> I'm just kidding. All right. But but we can't use Christ. Listen, we can't use Christ to, to, to build our business in an unethical way. If you, if you come to church and you're growing in the Lord, that's why we come to church. That's who we are. But my point is, is that it's not just parties. It's not just having the influence of what seems simple in the culture. It's also knowing that we can be influenced in our businesses. We can be successful and still be influenced in the wrong ways. And the way we get away from that is by staying near to Jesus and taking action when it calls for action. Sometimes you're going to have to take a stand. The scripture says that Christ set his face as Flint or Paul, I'm sorry, Paul sent, set his face as Flint. Jesus did too, by the way. But he, they're talking about Paul on his way to Rome. He, it, This is where I'm going. He was warned. He was cautioned. He was even cautioned by the Holy Spirit. But he set his face as, sometimes you're going to have to set your face as Flint and say, I'm not doing that. I'm taking action right now. And by the way, for your families. <clears throat> In your families, sometimes you've got to take action. Sometimes the school system, you're going to have to change the school system. Uh, you're going to have to take your kids out and put them in another one sometimes you may have to keep them home whatever's best for your family that's what men we are called to do any of you know who Frederick Douglass was Frederick Douglass was a famous slave who uh, actually escaped to his freedom he was an interesting guy because uh, Frederick Douglass was one of the few slaves that uh, learned how to read and he kind of taught himself to read and became very educated and and very well known and wrote a lot but this is what he said he said I prayed for 20 years for freedom and then I finally prayed with my legs in other words I used what God had given me to take action I ran (laughs) he must have been fast he got out of there second thing I would say is it takes sacrifice look you have to give something up and, and sometimes that's tough to do. To change the course of action, sometimes we have to give something up. And That's kind of been my prayer for 2020, by the way, is what sacrifice, what do I need to give up so that I can have more time with my kids, more time with my family. My son's a senior. We had the best two weeks over their two-week break that we've had in five, six years. We had more time. Uh, I had one funeral is all I had. Uh, it was a wonderful time, and, and it's funny because yesterday, Allison and I were like, look how well the kids are getting along. It's funny when they live together how well they can get to get along. But, you know, during the school year, everybody's so busy and going a different direction, and we're bumping into each other, and, and that's no good either. We have to be careful. What sacrifice? What, what do we need to give up so that we can teach, so that we can be instructors, and so that we can listen to the prime instructor in our, in our lives, Jesus Christ? Because here's the truth, you have a choice of two instructors in life, wisdom and consequences. Those are two of the best instructors you'll ever have, are those two, wisdom and consequences. Both are top-notch, but both are very different. Wisdom teaches you before you make the mistake, consequences (laughs) teach you after you make the mistake. Both instructors have a high price, consequence has a back-end price and you suffer for it. Wisdom has a front-end price that requires sacrifice to be disciplined. The scripture reminds us in 1 Timothy 4, 7, and 8, Discipline yourself for the purpose of godliness. For bodily discipline is of little profit, but godliness is profitable in all things because it holds the promise for the present life and the life to come. Meaning that we're going to have to discipline ourselves. And discipline, men, is a form of sacrifice. It is. It it was a form of sacrifice for you to get up this morning because some of you lost an hour, some of you lost four hours of sleep. Bless your heart, right? But it's, it's discipline. It's a form of sacrifice in order to be wise, to gain wisdom. The third thing is embarrassment. I touched on this a little bit about in my own life, different stories in my own life where sometimes it's just embarrassing. You're acting like then is now, and people around you aren't going to get that, right? In other words, you're thinking of the future, and because of that, it can cause embarrassment in your life. And, and, and that's just just part of it, right? Most people will think you're overreacting when you make a serious change. So if you men were to go home today and you tell your wives, hey, uh, wife, hopefully you call her by name. But uh, if you say, hey, wife, we're going to make a change. I, I want us to start praying together. There's a little bit of embarrassment that comes, comes with that. I'm just going to be honest with you. It's hard. It's difficult for men to pray with their wives. I'm a pastor, and sometimes the most difficult thing for me to do is to grab her by the hands and say, "Let's pray over that situation." It can be difficult because we feel like we're not leading in that situation, and, and that's just that's a, that's a lie from the enemy. But but we we feel that oh I should have let out better, and and sometimes it's humility. that that causes us to step into the presence of our wives, to take them by the hands and begin to pray. And through that humility, God will work. But isn't it interesting how sometimes embarrassment, why didn't we pray about this last week before we made the purchase? or Why didn't we pray about this before we acted or overreacted in this way, right? So, So here's the thing, sometimes embarrassment, but that's okay. Walk through the embarrassment because sometimes embarrassment will lead you to humility. And your humility will lead you to the cross. And the cross will lead you to Jesus. Finally, the fourth and last thing that I have for you this morning. Relief. There's no doubt that by the time that you walk by being prudent and wise in your walk with Jesus, that you will have relief. All right? It's just a good place to be. What you gain by being prepared will turn your sacrifice into an investment. Now, let me read that again. That's a lot. What you gain by being prepared will turn your sacrifice into an investment. In other words, as I sacrifice uh, time, energy, effort, what I'm going to gain from that is going to be an investment not only in my future but in those around me. The wise seek out the wise. If if wisdom seeks out fools, then, then wisdom would become foolish. But, but Psalm 1 makes it clear that, that we are to be seated with wisdom, with the wise. And so as, as that happens, we will gain relief in our life because we're going to make the right choices for our future and for the futures of those who are around us. Men, listen, you're called to be a man of influence. If you are a man, <laughs> God has an innate trait inside of you called leader. He intended for men to rise up. And as we lead, here's the cool thing: we will make sacrifices, but they will be investments—not just for ourselves, but for the sake of others. I, I was asked the question after church Sunday. Uh, some people said, "Well, how do I, how do I influence such this situation in my life?" A young couple, sweet little couple, and I said, "I'll tell you: before you speak it, live it. Let your light shine before men, that they may see your good works and give honor to your." father who is in heaven so sometimes you don't have to you don't have to call out their sin you don't have to set the and beat them up with the bible the best thing you can do is live it and be the living word in front of it and when they see the genuineness of your christianity of your christianity here's what will happen is it will already be an influence and they will provide you the opportunity then to speak into their life so and that what do you gain from that you gain relief There are no regrets for those who read the warnings and act appropriately. Let me say that again. There are no regrets for those who read the warnings and simply act, make a change, make a difference, make an action, take an action. There will be no regrets when they read the warnings and act appropriately. I'm going to end with this. Several thousand years ago, a man by the name of Noah gathered his three sons, Shem, Ham, and Japheth and announced that they were going to build a boat. This would have been fine, except for the boat was being built in the desert. It was 450 feet long. It was 75 feet wide and 45 feet tall, one and a half football fields long, almost two football fields actually long. There were only eight of them, and for a long time, Noah and his family looked like fools. They spent a lot of time, money, life, reputation. They, gave, they had a lot of action, a lot of sacrifice, a lot of embarrassment, and finally would find relief. One day God said, get in, nothing happened. Seven days later, the most foolish man in the world looked like the wisest. Why? Because he knew something was coming and he had the courage to make the changes necessary for not only himself, but for his family, those closest to him. So here's the good news. It's not where you are that's the issue today. It's where you're headed. If you continue on your current path, is it going to take you where you want to be? And men, what is your destination in life? What is your goal and what are the strategies to obtain your goals in the year of 2020? Pay attention to your path. Father God, thank you for these men as we discuss these questions. Lord, grow us up by the power of your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen.